0: I don't really have a lot of negative self-talk. Um, I'm on pretty good terms with myself. Um, but even still, there are those, those moments that it's just like, oh, no, you can't do that. It's like, well, oh. And it was even, you know, when it came to buying the Lang and Simmons business.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we we'll continue our discussion with Leanne Pilkington who is currently the only female managing director in real estate franchising and president of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales. Learn how she's actively inspiring other women to follow in her footsteps and achieve their goals. Like we all have at some point, Pilkington has had her struggles. She shares one of her worst times across business and how it affected her personal life.
0: Probably the most difficult time personally was when, was when my husband became redundant um, and he was out of work for quite some time. And so we had, um, we had a couple of properties at that time. So I was um, in the very privileged position that we had an apartment in the city um, and we had the house um, here at Glen Haven and my husband traveled a lot for his job. so when he was away I would go and stay in town and um, so yeah very you know it's an expensive way to live right Two, two separate residences but um, but yeah it got um, it got really hard for him to you know it was at a time when you know GFC and yeah so anyway it was it was really hard and, and trying to um, trying to look forward, um, to things was really hard because we didn't have any money. I could, I could just cover our expenses and stuff, but there was no money for luxuries. And so my husband, God love him, would, um, he would make my breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. So I would have a packed breakfast to take to work and a packed lunch to take, you know, all of that sort of stuff. He was wonderful, um, but it was really hard. Um, and it was really hard to find things to look forward to. Um, but what was super important to me to reflecting back on it, um, I had had a really beautiful lifestyle, as I said, living between two properties, driving a sports car, wearing designer label clothes, travelling, you know, business class around the world. Um, You know, Rob would would, um, be in in, um, Hong Kong and say, hey, baby, I can't get home. Um, I've got your ticket, though. You're leaving tomorrow. You'll be in Hong Kong for four days. And I would get to the airport. It would be a first-class ticket, you know, care of frequent flyer points, of course. Um, and so we had a really incredible lifestyle and I thought that all of that was really important. But what I learned during that time was that's actually not the important stuff. I can live without all of that stuff. I can even live without my shoes if I have to. Um, what was important to me was us, was our relationship and that that we were okay and he was okay going through this difficult time. And so I'm As much as I would be in a very different place financially now um, if that didn't happen, I'm glad it did uh, because it really shone the light on what was important to me and that has shaped the way I've done things moving forward, to be honest.
1: What a beautiful story! Wow.
0: I don't tell that story very often.
1: And I really appreciate that because it it, it goes to show, you know, there's there so many great things in life, and you can have a wonderful lifestyle. But at the end of the day, it's that relationship with whether it be your husband and your wife or your family and so forth, because that's something that you can never have.
0: Yeah, that's right. You can uh, you can be the richest person in the world, but if you don't have those, um, yeah, if you don't have those things those people, those relationships. And it was really, I was doing a training session not long ago with my team and, and the speaker said, I want you to write down the, the quick, really quickly, write down the things that make you happy. And I thought, oh, okay, that's a challenge. And the things that I wrote down really surprised me even. I mean, because I do, I do love to shop. Um, but those weren't the things that, you know, I wrote down sunshine. Sunshine makes me happy. Dancing makes me happy. But having time to read a book makes me happy. And I thought, oh okay i've actually got to try and work some of those things into um into my day more frequently you know there's no reason um, i've got a beautiful back deck here there's no reason why i can't when i'm making my phone calls sit out on the back deck and do it rather than sitting here i mean so just quickly thinking about the things that bring a smile to your face every day the simple things Um, You know, it might be like my I've got a seven-year-old niece who is just completely adorable. Talking to her always makes me laugh. Um, So, you know, making time for those things, it's really super important.
1: Pilkington shares the moments where she doubted herself despite others' belief and faith in her and how these turn into her aha moments.
0: Every time I get approached to do something, I go... I can't do that why would you want me so when I was promoted to managing director they they um they said to me Leanne we think it's time that Lang and Simmons had a managing director and I thought to myself I cannot believe after all this time they are going to bring somebody in over the top of me how rude is that and they're like um no Leanne we're talking about you I'm like oh okay right good okay then um, when I was approached, because I was actually tapped on the shoulder, I was on the board of the REI um, because I've been really passionate about improving the education and training standards for real estate agents. Um, and um, they tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, we'd like you to consider being um, um, our next president. And I'm like, you for real? Like, I can't do that. Why can I do that? And I thought to myself, oh, Leanne, get over yourself. Of course, like, of course you can do it. Um, so, and even... I still have those things that happened to me. My networking group, Real Women in Real Estate, we we were pre-COVID, we were running events around the country and I started that group back in 2015 with a a friend of mine, Tanja Lee, who's based in Melbourne, and Tanja was coming to all of the events and she's a fantastic speaker and trainer and... um, and she would run, like, she would be the host, if you like, and she would run all of the, 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 the stuff that we would do on the nights. And she just said to me, hey, Lee, this is getting too big. I can't, I can't travel like this anymore. And I thought, well, I can't do it without Tange. Hold on. I'm seeing a theme here. Um, I always immediately think, no, I can't. And, of course, I can and do. Um so yeah it's 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 a real lesson don't all that 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 talk and I'm not one I don't really have a lot of negative self talk um I'm on pretty good terms with myself um but even still there are those those moments that it's just like oh no you can't do that it's like well oh. and it was even you know when it came to buying the Lang and Simmons business it's I was really scared of making that financial commitment having that financial risk at this point in my life um thinking I can't bring the brand what it needs and it's like, get over yourself Leanne. Of course you can. You know exactly what the brand needs. Just have the guts to have a crack. So, that's what I'm doing.
1: I love that. It's so encouraging to hear that because I think a lot of people have these sometimes negative thoughts in there and and you have trying, you know, a true example of how to be able to overcome these things. and you've just taken action too as well and that's what i love about hearing your stories and it's just a great inspiration for so many listeners out there and and thank you for sharing that as well
0: oh thank you that's very sweet of you but yeah it's um it's yeah you've just got to you've got to be prepared to be uncomfortable you know just take a bit of a risk and and you know i don't care you know like i said i'm 58 um I've got lots of friends who are sort of having conversations around retirement, and it's like, well, I've just bought a business. I, retirement's just not even on my radar. I've got a plan for a decade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to because um, we've got a um, we've got a really high caliber board um, at Lang & Simmons that I've put together, and my um, you know my ten year plan is to be is to transition to become chairman of the board or chairperson of the board um, at that time. So hopefully, I'm going to learn a lot from our current um, chairman and um, and yeah, and that will be my career progression (laughs) at that age (laughs) so yeah, that's my plan.
1: She goes on to describe how she came across the opportunity and gives more detail on the background behind her exciting purchase.
0: It's only just happened right, we haven't even settled yet. Um, but we, um, we were bought by, um, back in uh, 2012, we were bought by um, a brand, oh, a business, and, um, and it started great. It was really good. They added so much value and so much energy and, and stuff to, um, to Lang and Simmons, and it was going really well because there was a lot of things that, you know, real estate has changed significantly in the last few years, and franchising needs to change with it. And so I was very clear on what I thought we should be delivering and, you know, they were on the same page and and we were all working very happily along. And then a few things changed for their business which changed their focus, uh, which is perfectly fine. I completely understand. Um, And one of the things that I do with my team every year is we we write a letter to ourselves um, in December of every year to be read at the December of the following year as if we, so we write it as if we've achieved all of these things. So it's like a business plan by another name, right? Um, and 2019, I struggled with it and I, I, I wasn't looking forward to 2020. Little did I know what was going to happen in 2020, right? Um, but I just didn't feel that I could deliver on what I knew the brand needed because um, the, the owners didn't agree with me. Um, and so 2019, um, I in my letter to myself I said it's December 2020 and Lang and Simmons have new owners. So that was not my plan to be one of the owners. It was couldn't be further from what I was thinking about doing. But we had some conversations with some people who who had showed some interest in buying the brand. And I realised that um, it probably wasn't going to go well for some of the franchisees. They weren't going to be happy with another big brand buying us. And so I had a couple of franchisees who heard on the grapevine that it, it potentially it could be sold. Um, and so they said, you know what, we'd actually like to buy it, but we'll only do it if you buy it with us. And I'm like, oh, do? I don't want to do that. So I'm tired, like, you know. Um and, um, and then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what, actually, this can make some sense. And, you know, one of the struggles with being a franchisor is getting the individual business owners on board to actually implement the stuff that head office wants to do. There's always this, you know, this, this tension, if you like. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, if I can get a big enough cohort that actually owns the business, then I can use them to demonstrate um, that my ideas are sound, and then we can roll it out more easily um, to the to the rest of the group. And so, very quickly, I realised that a lot of the franchisees wanted to get involved. So we had to actually limit the. Um, um, we've got a few small shareholders, but there's a group of us that have got ten percent. There's fifteen of us all, all up. Um, and um, yeah, that's um, we've held ten percent aside um strategically to have available for um maybe a, another franchisee to come in or um, a corporate team member I don't know we'll see um, but yeah that was so that was how it came about it was just sort of me I rang um I rang the CEO and said you know what um I actually think that it's time for you guys to think about selling us and he said okay I'll talk to the board um, but I get it um, and that's what happened and it sort of all happened pretty quickly Um, After that, I know, I've been in a bit of a whirlwind I have to be honest, yeah.
1: Subconsciously, you wrote it down but not knowing how it would be done but it ended up happening. (laughs) Isn't that amazing?
0: (laughs) Bizarre. I know. It's really bizarre how and I'm not really, you know, I'm not into that all that woohoo stuff but it it, it happens. You put it out into the universe um, and yeah, that will serve me right.
1: Lang and Simmons underwent a rebranding and changed their logo in recent years. Bill Clinton expands on the thought process behind that.
0: I've rebranded twice in my 25 years at & simmons So the first time was back in the year 2000, the same year I was promoted to general manager. And the second time was in 2012 when our new owners came on board. And it was really interesting. It was an interesting process the second time um, because the new owners um, actually said, look, we want to be collaborative with the um, franchise network and we want to know what they want. And so It was really interesting and the way that we did it, we had a big um, uh, focus group in the city and we talked it all through and then we got everybody to write down the things that they wanted to definitely keep and the things that they didn't want us to have um, or they wanted us to change and they wrote down each thing on a Post-it note. Because what we were finding in some of these meetings is the loudest people get heard. But that's not always the majority view. Um, and so one of the things was yellow signboards. We had a, a whole lot of people who appeared to want to have um, blue signboards. Um, and it sounded like that was the majority. But once we actually went through that process and everybody stuck there, like, keep the yellow signboards, and so all of a sudden we had all these post-it notes down the wall with keep the yellow, keep the yellow, keep the yellow, and the loudest people who wanted the blue just looked at that and looked at me and said, "Oh wow, we didn't realise everybody felt that way." So I thought, "Wow, that's a really good tool to use when in in those kind of in those kind of meetings." Um, and so yeah, that, it's a big, expensive exercise to rebrand. Um, and then you know we paid for all of the offices to be um, to be redone, and that's you know that's expensive because it's between about. Uh, you know, a very small office might be five or $6,000, but it might be, you know, 12 or 15 um, offices, $1,000 an office. So it was, a, and that's just the external signage. So anyway, um, yeah, that was a really, it was an interesting process.
1: Coming up after the break, we hear Pilkinson's advice regarding agents and their impact on portfolios. A
0: good real estate agent um, can make a difference to the value of your portfolio so you really need to and not all property managers are created equal, you've got, to, you've got to make sure.
1: She describes the first event she held for the Real Women in Real Estate Network.
0: The very first event was in October 2015 in Sydney and two weeks beforehand, I sent an email out to a dozen women that I knew that had a lot of women in their team and said, look, this is what I'm doing. If you think this is a good idea.
1: She explains her philosophy on how to balance your opinion of yourself versus others.
0: Then I realized that it was about his stuff. It wasn't about my stuff. It wasn't about what I was capable of. Um, so I think you've got to be you've got to be really careful when you ask for feedback.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Pilkington shares some of her visions for the Lang and Simmons franchisees and reveals how much goes on behind the scenes.
0: I think we need to provide um, better support in a lot of areas um, for the franchise owners. Um, they, It's very hard to build a rent roll from the time that you start a business um, because most of our new franchisees are salespeople and salespeople aren't detailed. Um, like in property, the property managers like you need in the property management space. So I think that we can support them um, really effectively in the back end, um, in that kind of area. I think the area of recruitment, but not just recruitment, the onboarding and ongoing engagement of people, um, I think is really important. Um, you know, salespeople, real estate business owners by and large, uh, small business people, They're really good salespeople. They don't have a lot of actual business skills. And so I think that we need to provide a lot of assistance for them to run better businesses. Um, So, yeah, there's so many opportunities. I've got literally dozens and dozens of different things that we can do, but obviously I can't do everything at once. So um, I held a strategy session with my 15 business owners um, a week ago and um, and we're all on the same page which is really super exciting so I'm just writing my business plan now and that I'll deliver to the board uh, at the beginning of next month and um, yeah, away we go.
1: With so many property investors that may want to sell and who would want to work with an agency like Lang & Simmons, how can they benefit from that?
0: Because a good real estate agent um, can make a difference to the value of your portfolio so you really need to... And not all property managers are created equal. You've got, to, you've got to make sure, you know, one of the problems with property management is there's a lot of turnover of staff. Um, so you want to try and find um, find somebody who's got a really established um, established career in property management, ideally if they're a business owner or a part business owner, means they're not going to go anywhere typically. Um, but, you know, if you've got somebody who, you know, sit down with them and, and talk about what your overall goals are, and it might be that the property that you've got right now, you might be better off selling it um, and investing in two properties somewhere else, for example. You need to take in the overall, the the yield and the capital growth um, of your particular property in the area where you are. Um, You need to think about the maintenance requirements and you've got to make sure that if your agent is advising you on maintenance that you actually do it. We have some um, landlords who want to set and forget. Um, they don't want to spend any money on maintaining their property. And that's um, it's dangerous from a tenant's perspective. Um, it's dangerous financially for the landlords because if you're if your um, if your agent says to you, okay, um, you need to make these changes, for example, the, the, the back step, it's a bit rickety, and you go, Oh, don't worry about the back step. The tenant falls through. In fact, I've got an example right now, the tenant. Um, claimed $470,000 damages from falling through a back step. Um, And, um, yeah, it's uh, your insurance premiums go through the roof. Um, That's one tip for property investors. If you don't have landlord insurance, please go and get it.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's a must. It's a must.
0: Yeah, it is. And have a look at um, the domestic violence provisions in those insurance policies because... The um, obligations on um, landlords and agents under the domestic violence provisions changed in New South Wales not that long ago. So make sure your insurance covers covers that. And also have a look at how it would treat you during a pandemic um, if you don't get any rent. So that was an interesting time for uh, for all of our landlords as well. Um, So, yeah, you really need to... um, Yeah, you need to be actively looking at your portfolio and you can grow it much more effectively if you have conversations with with your agents and get recommendations from your agent about what next. Um, And if your agent can't help you in that space, go and find a new agent.
1: Turning to Mindset. Pilkington shares if she had any mentors who coached her along the way.
0: My very first business mentor is now the chairman of, um, of Lang and Simmons so that's um, yeah, I keep my people close. Um, But from a mindset, you know, interestingly, I have mentioned that I started the Real Women in Real Estate Network and I started that because I was nagged to death about it from a couple of girls that worked for me. Um, Because I've been around for so long, I've got so many connections, they're like, like, we want you to share those connections. And so the very first event was in October 2015 in Sydney and two weeks beforehand, I sent an email out to a dozen women that I knew that had a lot of women in their team and said, look, this is what I'm doing. If you think it's a good idea, you know, 65 people turned up to the first event. The first event was a sellout. And I was still standing there going, I don't get it. I don't understand what the, I don't understand. Why? What do people want? So, but I could see that there was a need. And so we sort of quickly went from, you know, one event in Sydney to literally we've done events in um, everywhere except for Tasmania. That's the only state we haven't done an event. Um, And even New Zealand and Los Angeles, would you believe? And I didn't expect. Yeah, I did Yeah, we've got over two thousand members, um, and I, I didn't. I didn't think that I needed it. I, I really didn't think that I needed it. But what I've found is that the, that there's a core group of these women that have become really close friends, and they're incredible women. They're coaches or they're um, trainers or they're business owners. Uh, they're very skilled caring intelligent women and they are my go-to girls now Um, if i if i've got a really big decision that i'm 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 struggling with usually i'm a bit um closed i'm i'm pretty comfortable with my own decision making typically but if i've got something that i'm really struggling with um depending on what it is there's a few of them that i will reach out to depending on what the the problem is just to get another another perspective Um, but I'm also naturally optimistic, and whilst I do get down in the dumps um, from time to time, I know that it won't it won't last long because I won't let it last long. I just I, I I I say to people that I give myself an uppercut, like you know, get on with it, girl, get on with it. Um, and um, yeah, I just I I'm, I'm able to pull myself. Out of um, out of the funks that I and I get into them, um, even you know this whole lead up to buying the business. Um, I spoke to um, a business mentor who I really um, I really care about and value, and he thought it was a terrible idea for me to get into involved in the business. And I felt really helpless after speaking to him. I was really I went into a depression uh, for. For um, a week or so, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go to next. I didn't know. Just didn't know what to do. And then I realised that it was about his stuff. It wasn't about my stuff. It wasn't about what I was capable of. Um, so I think you've got to be you've got to be really careful when you ask for feedback. Firstly, if you don't value the person, don't value the feedback. Um, you know, if you wouldn't ask them for advice, don't take their negativity. Um, but even when you do ask for feedback take it on board, think about it and then choose, does it fit or doesn't, you know, because nobody really knows what's going on in your head nobody really knows what you're capable of, Um, sometimes you don't even know what you're capable of until you have a crack Um, so yeah, I just do do things that fill your cup you know, for me I need to exercise I need to go to the gym, I need to um you know do that sort of stuff and um and and maybe go for a massage and uh yeah yeah and I just managed to pull myself out of it I don't know I wish I could be more prescriptive about how I do it but I do it I do it often don't eat junk Keep look after your diet all that stuff but yeah people um uh, particularly women I I um I've won a number of awards recently, um, you know, Most Influential Woman in Property, um, uh, Thought Leader Awards and all of that sort of stuff. And so people make the mistake of looking at me and, and I, I speak on stage quite regularly now and I'm comfortable doing it. Um, I wasn't always, but I am now. And people make the mistake of, of looking at me and thinking, oh, well, you know, Leanne wouldn't have those negative voices in her head or Leanne wouldn't second guess herself or, you know, Leanne wouldn't feel like an imposter and, you know, Um, excuse my language but bullshit you know Leanne feels all of those things and so don't look at anybody and think that they don't have things that they that scare them or things that they need to work on um or things that intimidate them you know we all do we all do
1: wow that is very very inspiring and uh, I think a lot of people and a lot of listeners will be able to take that away and go wow you know if Leanne can do it I can do it too
0: hashtag if she can I can too that was, uh, that was my hashtag when I, um, that I used when I first became president of the Real Estate Institute because I'm only the second female president in 115 years and I'm the first president they've ever asked to stay for a second term. Um, so that was, you know, yeah, that was my, my hashtag in the early days, if she can, I can too because it's so true, right?
1: She delves into her favorite books on entrepreneurship and mindset, and make some great recommendations for the next time you find yourself in Vegas.
0: I love um, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shay, the late Tony Shay. how tragic was that? Oh wow, I was lucky enough to go and visit Zappos when I was in Vegas a couple of years ago. Um, so that was an incredible experience and I would suggest to anybody who's interested in customer service, grab that book, Delivering Happiness. Um, and if you ever get to Vegas, reach out to the team at Zappos because they do organize to us, and it's definitely um, it's definitely worthwhile. So that would be my all time um, that would probably be my all time favourite, um, and um, oh, Carol Dweck's book on um, fixed mindsets and open um, and growth mindsets. Um, that's a really really good one as well. If you um, makes you realise why some people are like for me, I've got a a, a growth mindset. But other people look at um, look at why not and why they can't do something, whereas I look at how I can. Um, so that, yeah, that's a really good one as well.
1: If she met herself 10 years ago, what would Pilkington say to herself?
0: You have no idea how much you're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. I never saw myself here. I never saw myself here. I never saw myself as a leader. I never saw myself, um, you know, winning awards like I've been winning. Um, yeah, 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 just, you know, go for it. You're capable of so much more than you believe.
1: Heading in the other direction, where does she see herself in five years from now?
0: I have got a brand that's growing. Um, I've got a shareholder base that is also growing and happy and engaged. Um, I have multiple revenue streams for the business Um, and I have... A lot of happy people around me.
1: Last question for you, Leanne, is how much of your success is due to your skill, hard work and intelligence and how much of it is because of luck?
0: Well, the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? Um, And certainly, um, I do believe that there is an element of luck um, for everybody Um, but, my success is down to taking opportunities when they're presented to me. So instead of saying, oh, when I was a, if I go back to when I was a recruiter, I was only there for maybe a month or two and the the manager of that operation left and I was approached and said, would you like to be the manager? And I'm like, Jesus, I've just been here for five minutes. I don't even know the job. No, I can't do that. Um and I, that was a mistake. I should have actually said, yeah, let's do it. And so, moving forward in my career, that's what I've always done. I've gone, yeah, I'm going to have a crack. Even though I don't know that I can do it and, in, in, you know, I just i don't even know how I'm going to do it. But you say yes and you work it out.
1: And that's the thing. It sounds like the people who actually offered you those positions had confidence in you. So, if they have confidence in you, then, you know, you, you're just going to be able to action it because... You'll figure it out
0: yeah that is um that's such an important point right if the people around you if you value the people around you and you think that they're smart business people and they're saying to you we want you to be the general manager or we want you to be the president it's like if they can see it a lot of people do see more in you than you see in yourself um so yeah believe them and have a crack
1: Thank you to Leanne Pilkinton, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short 6 months. To register interest, Text me your name and email address on 0499881040.